hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Well, boy, howdy. <laughs> ah, hi, Christine. Hey, Em, how are you? I am good. I feel like uh, both of us are in high spirits today. What's that about? I don't know, but I you seem happy. I seem happy. Seem. I don't know if you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a key word. <laughs> How are you doing? What is your uh, what's 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 been going on? I haven't oh. talked to you in a long, long time. It seems. I know. We'll see. Here's the thing that happened: is that there was a thunderstorm. We were supposed to record uh, a couple days ago, and. I frantically texted you from Blaze's phone, you and Eva, to let you know that I didn't have power and my phone wasn't working and I was just sitting in the dark with my little lantern I bought off Amazon last year. And <laughs> uh, so we didn't get to record. So I am I do apologize for that. Um, we just sat in the dark instead. So it actually worked out very well for me. Oh, so, good. Um, <laughs> Because the so, power came on later that night and Blaze was like, maybe you should text Em and see like, if they want to record right now. And I was like, no, I'm sure Em has already found better plans. I did. You want to know what my better plans yeah. were? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to tell you when we recorded last time, it was going to be the reason why I drank, but then you weren't, we didn't record. So now I have to tell you after the fact, but I got to go to an early screening of Thor. 
Okay, I saw this on Instagram and my feelings were so hurt because you didn't tell me about it. But then I was like, oh, my God, Emma was supposed to tell me this on the podcast, weren't they? It was going to be why I drank that day. What? Uh, okay, now I need to know because holy crap. Um, It was. I saw uh, the cake pops. Oh, that out of control like that was some hoboken shit right there you know out what i'm saying of control. <laughs> that was some cake boss stuff uh <laughs> uh okay so uh blah, 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 blah. how do i start also today when we're recording this is actual uh like like open day opening release. day release day i what is wrong with me why can't i remember how to say it it comes oh. out today it comes out later tonight and so um i'm actually seeing it for a second time uh with other christine oh my gosh later tonight because i felt so bad because usually her ever since like 2015 she's been the person that i went to every marvel movie with and then i started dating allison and then christine got a job where she traveled a lot so it ended up working out that i had a new marvel buddy because christine was gone but now all three of us go to see them together on opening night so um but i had to go to to early screenings i know i'm sorry christine i've already seen this I had to I had to confess. So I was like, I've already seen it. But it's so good. It's so worth seeing a second time. And uh, How did you get to go to this early screening? How cool. It was the same way I got into that that Nicholas Cage Nicholas Cage have, thing. We have nice. a, a very lovely uh PR pe- very lovely PR people who uh they their whole thing I guess is just finding events and well, they've got other things going on too. But <laughs> I was like, I don't the know one about that's that, cur- but- the one thing that's currently uh, super fun in, in my world is that I had said, you know, I see a bunch of like TikTokers and stuff. And like, of course, they have platforms like way bigger than mine. They have like millions of followers, but uh, they go to like Marvel events. Like, how do I get in on that? So I think I just told. My favorite part is that they were like, oh, OK, sure, you can do that. And I was <laughs> like, wait, what do I want to do now? I need to come up with something. Well, so I did say I was like anything Marvel. I don't care how lowbrow it is. I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> and I will do so it. and this one just worked out very well. It wasn't like the big like uh, Chinese theater screening or anything. It was someone um, on TikTok was doing a collab uh, with like box lunch or something. So they oh. had like this screening and only so- a certain amount of people were able to come. So it was a very weird I have no idea how the strings got pulled, but they got pulled and I ended That's up getting so to go. Cool, Em. I'm very, very lucky. And it was very fun. So the I was curious how the food was gonna be because I was like, if this is a Marvel movie, I wonder what the budget is on like screening food. Because obviously my first thought was the food, not the movie. Obviously. And they I love a good theme, Christine. You know this. I know this about you. They delivered <gasps> uh, it was so it was at this movie theater and they just had like a whole like floor of theaters like blocked out cool and so they had roped off like the escalator and all that so it was just um private screen it was yeah it was it felt very i felt very out of place everyone was either way more dressed up than i was or way underdressed compared to me so i have no idea famous. where i fit in the crowd I feel like anytime i i've never understood this california cool aesthetic it's california thing. cool i don't get it I don't get it either. It really is so vague that I guess it means you could wear whatever the fuck you want. I think but, so. But I need some structure. <laughs> like, no, what are me we too. doing? That formal, would not me formal. Out. And so some people were in like three piece suits and some people were just wearing Thor shirts. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I feel so out of place. Um, and so and you were wearing fish flops. So you really nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I told myself I was going to wear normal clothes, but with the 
Thor color palette. And that's, that's what I went precious. with. Love that for you and the theme. So we wore dark red and I wore some like some like khakis or something because that's like the secondary color of his outfit. So um, anyway, I'm getting really into unnecessary details, but the food was amazing. They had them all named. Uh, I, I stole one of the name nameplates of the uh, they food. were like we were gonna put that in the trash it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um it was like they had like the wings of the nine realms and i was like oh yeah i'm taking Aww. that um and then they had a whole bunch of different cake pops there was one that literally looked like chris hemsworth and it was very weird and precious so i ate a lot of those um they had uh themed drinks available they had themed mocktails available wow um and it was the only time i've ever eaten like real adult food in a movie theater uh, like they were like oh wow. take the wings of the nine realms with you to the theater it was very fun that is so cool and honestly i just keep getting flashbacks to like us sitting in my tiny living room attached to the kitchen attached to my bedroom attached to the living room attached to los angeles and uh sitting there and just thinking like what you would say like oh i'm going to the new marvel movie and i was like oh what's a marvel movie and now it's like <laughs> now i'm still like what's a marvel movie but you get to go to private screenings with cake pops of one of the helmsworths that's so cool <laughs> it was it really it, it was such it was very very fun i'm, I'm so proud of you that makes me I, so thank happy you I'm sorry I didn't tell you earlier, but I was no, like, hey, I Christine. saw the post and I was like, did I miss a text? Like, is M mad at me or something? And then I was like, of course, I'm like, is M mad at me? Like, okay. Usually uh, it's me about to tell you something and then we end up not seeing each other. And then I get mad and it's like, why are you mad? I don't know. I hope I just... you didn't ruin your own day with that. But <laughs> no, no, of no. course not. No, no, no. But I was like, I'm going to need to either because fa- I wasn't going to text you about it. because I was like, well, I can't just like text M about this. I need to like hear it in person. So. Um, wow. that's very exciting I'm very proud of you and it looked like a lot of fun it uh, was very fun and I uh, um, they had like a whole st- they had like a whole stage there where you could like use props and take pictures and stuff so anyway it fun. was it was a delight and if that's the only Marvel event I ever get invited to I can now wash my hands from it and say What's it's wrong been with done me? I'm getting like teary eyed I'm like just so proud of you I don't know it's just such a oh big I I think I'm too excited to realize how sentimental it is but i it'll happen later after you've already gotten over it and then i'll be like why don't you care (laughs) i'll be like what's a marvel movie i don't know it's just all very confusing but you just said the other thing that i was going to brag on for why i drank this week which was i made a pit stop this weekend at your old apartment uh i know and of course i was it was very sweet but i was like well obviously em's there because they're doing some weird themed anniversary <laughs> scavenger hunt or some shit i hope you realize like there couldn't be anything more em and christine than like having incidentally narrate or uh thrown yourself into the narrative of my anniversary because uh, every okay ev- you threw your anniversary into my narrative let's put it that way okay fair enough but we Get your anniversary out of my narrative ev- for allison and i ev- every year at least that we're in la we always make a little drive on over to your old apartment and take a picture at the and the people the, who live the there corner we like, met on who are these strange people they show up every why do year? they always show up on july 4th what is going on <laughs> um but did you, you Blaze wanted you, to know if you went to house of pies um we went to fred 62 instead oh i love fred 62 okay and i we got um shirts sweatshirts and hats from whoa fred 62. party time well, I don't know if I've told you this part, but Fred 62 is where I actually like the, I've had like the moment of like, oh, I love you. I had that with Whoa. Allison at Fred 62. 
So I was like, in case this store ever shuts down, I need all the merch now. <laughs> so you are really throwing your anniversary into everybody's narrative. Yeah, you get okay, it. Okay, cool. But I wish I had gone to House of Pies, but I was already full from the Fred 62. I get anyway, it. Anyway, uh, that was that was two very big reasons why I drink this week. But now I want to hear why you drink this week, oh. besides your thunderstorms and your broken house. Yeah, while you were doing cool pri- private screenings, I was changing diapers by lantern light. Uh, <laughs> and before you <laughs> said Emily Dickinson or something <laughs> before before you got on the same I was telling Eva I was like you know I had these like little lanterns on our balcony for like at nighttime if we want to sit out there and just turn the little lantern on and I was like I'm never going to use these and then the power went out and I was like oh my god so I went and got these little lanterns and I was walking around with them and it was so wild but I was convinced that um I was convinced that the ghosts were going to see me like holding a lantern and be like, ah, back in my (laughs) comfort zone and like show up in the dark. And of course, everything was like candlelight. So it was very spooky. (laughs) Um, So I was just like avoiding any sort of dark hallways because I was like, I'm going to see a Victorian lady at the end of this hallway uh, with my little lantern. This is I don't mean to sound all like Boy Scouty here with the always be prepared, but I will say I as a lover of neon lights. Right. And flashlights and anything that to make things glow. I have a weird amount of like Wait, flashlights ready point. to go if there's yeah. a, a power outage. Like we have a whole camping section with which ironically we don't use very often, but we use a lot if there's ever a power outage. We got so many lights ready to go. Yeah. You know, Blaze has all the flashlights and like emergency stuff. I started posting pictures to Instagram and he was like, you need to keep your phone battery charged. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, right. So I just left the room and did it in there because I was like, I still want to post on Instagram. Okay. Um, I think I think the next time I give you like a big haul of gifts, I'm going to have like a, a preparedness bag for you. Well, remember Eva gave me one of my favorite gifts of all time early on in our friendship, which was the... Um, the earthquake emergency mm-hmm. backpack and i still have that um but i don't think i should utilize those types of tools for uh, your ordinary power outage i feel like but maybe here's what i'm gonna do yes i'm gonna do though okay i'm gonna it's gonna be packed full of fresh batteries and very bright like like tiktok ad fla- like power <laughs> flashlights you know what i mean yes <laughs> and then uh there's also going to be a already charged external battery in there and there's the stuff and fruit snacks mm. and I, it's going to be locked and you are not allowed to know the code until the next time you have a power outage because okay. otherwise i know you're going to rip that thing apart and use every single thing for the wrong reason and then when you need it all it's going to be missing and or not charged <laughs> and i'm going to go i don't know where it went and blaze going to be like you yeah. ate it and we're like no i didn't <laughs> um yeah that's true the only thing is my phone every time the power goes out just doesn't work and i wonder if it's like blaze said it was probably like everybody in the area was because like 75,000 houses lost power. So we were wondering like maybe everybody's suddenly on the cell network and that's why it's not working. Mm. Anyway, so okay, I couldn't okay. even reach you. Here's a new plan. Here's a new plan. Okay. New tell plan. Me the- okay. Uh, do I have to do one of your escape rooms to get into this thing? Because I'm never going to survive. I'm not. It won't totally be an escape room. But next time I go to your place, I will have all the stuff I just listed already ready to go. I'm going to hide it somewhere in your oh. home. And then you just have to f- i mean i can't since you can't text me to be like what's the code it'll be unlocked and ready to go but you just have to find it now because you know if you have access to it right away if i just hand it to you you will open it up and rip it apart but it'll be a fun game in the dark anyway to just try and to find you know it what? 
As long as you put like some dangerous items like knives and power cords, Leona will find it and put it in her mouth. So if you put some <laughs> okay, like got staples got and like some things that she's <laughs> definitely not supposed to chew on, she will lead me directly to it. So I think that's a great idea. I'll put a, a Bluetooth like squeaker in there and like <laughs> then Gio I- might find it. <laughs> and then I'll check the weather and whatever oh, it is. I see. <laughs> And then whatever I don't hear from you for too long, I'll just, just like press got, the squeaker on my you end just on my gotta phone. Follow the Duke Energy outage map, and anytime yeah. that like my little square is is lit up, but it's like wild because we hadn't lost power ever living in this house, and then all of a sudden it's like cool, nothing works. Um, and oh wait, there was one more thing I was going to tell you. Oh yeah, before like the other reason I drink, which is a happy reason, is that I went for my birthday. Blaze got me. Um, Tickets to see Death Cab for Cutie, and the concert was last I night. Saw, I and saw, I saw you were so fun. You brought your sister? Uh, yeah. So, well, no. Um, oh, she. It was on her story. Yeah, yeah. She was there. Don't get me oh. wrong. She was actually supposed to babysit, and then um, she was like, "No, I'm going to the concert." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's a cool, fun change of pace." Um, and she's like, "No, Tim's go." So my stepdad came over to babysit, but I was like. Cool, my babysitter just is like now joining me for this date night. But anyway, no, it was very fun. And like one of my brother's good friends um, and one of my friends was going. So we all went together as a little group and crashed each other's date nights. And then my sister showed up. So it was good. But I I got this shirt and it's actually um, of a band called the Illuminati Hotties. And they opened (gasps) for Death Cab. And I was like, and they're like, we're from L.A. And I was like, me too. But not really. But sort of. So Um, fun. Illuminati hotties. I Yeah. What a what a great name. I know. I was just I was like, damn. And then uh, they walked out and Liz and I were like, yeah, those are some Illuminati hotties. They I just love it. I just love the name so much. Um, And so I bought a shirt. But anyway, it was a great time. And somebody recognized me. And I, of course, couldn't really hear their name. So I was like, so hello to whoever you are. And sorry, I hugged you. I had already had a couple beers. So it's like, well, uh, and I was going to say, uh, I haven't, I haven't been recognized in a while, but I did finally get to be starstruck on my end at that Thor Ooh, thing because yeah. the, the TikToker that was having the collab is one of the people I follow on oh. TikTok. And I, and I guess to a point where even I've shown the, some of his videos uh, to Allison because Allison noticed them and was like, oh, yeah, I've seen their videos. So oh! very sweet. And the last thing I'll say about Thor is uh, they're so like one of Thor's like sidekick is like not the right word, but an additional uh, superhero who's always in the Thor movies now. Her name is Valkyrie. It's Tessa Thompson. Do you know who that is? No, but I pro- maybe I'm just so bad at just trust me. You would have a crush on her. Oh, like okay. the aesthetic is very. I'm just going to blindly believe you on that one. Well, so <laughs> in the in the last, in the last, and I say you'd have a crush on her because fucking everyone does. Um, <laughs> What's her name? But Tessa Thompson. Type oh, in yeah. Valkyrie. Oh, and I, just, I recognize her for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. So she was like very, very queer coded in the last movie. Mm-hmm. But she, and the last, like the last Thor movie was like her debut movie. And everyone was like, that's a queer person. Absolutely. And also people have also said that like Captain Marvel was very, very queer coded, which, you know, given her like probably lesbian lover in the movie mm. was it, it's very queer coded. Check, check, check. Right. But so everyone has been saying like, when do like Valkyrie and Captain Marvel like have a thing? And then Tessa Thompson and Brie Larson started like actively flirting on Twitter with each other. <laughs> it became a whole thing. So everyone's like little gay brain broke. Um, I'm but sweating. so. 
they heard our cries apparently that like Valkyrie should be queer and in this movie she's like canonically queer now it's very nice I'm just so and there's a scene like I'm not giving any spoiler away it just was like a like a passing moment where like they just like had this big battle and then like she goes up to one of the women and just like grabs her hand and like gives her like a kiss and gives her intense eye contact while giving like the kiss on her hand I lost my goddamn mind. Oh I was like, that was like, I like, and it came right after a scene where we, we watched Chris Hemsworth uh, and we saw like full, his whole bottom, his whole tushy was out. Mm-hmm. And I, t- I didn't even notice that, but I did notice Tessa Thompson mm-hmm. giving intense eye contact and kissing a girl on the hand. And I lost my Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. stupid little mind. So I'm see it again tonight, very right? excited for tonight. Very ah, excited. Ah. That really, that scene is all I'm going for. But you know, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so. This is just so exciting. I don't know why, but I'm just like <gasps> jazzed. I'm jazzed. I my heart thing almost started happening. I was just oh no, oh no, take it down a notch. I mean to just pour, just oh wow, Tessa Thompson's so smoking, and <gasps> uh, very glad that she's part of uh, the Alphabet Gang at this point. So <gasps> I love it. I love it. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, so here's my story for you because we've talked and talked about Thor weirdly for like 20 minutes and then also Death Cab for Cutie and the Illuminati Hotties. So what a triad. So there's a lot happening and like also Victorian <laughs> ghosts. So oh, it's, can't forget them. You can't forget. Well, I have, I don't know if it's, it's not a surprise to you. It was a surprise to me because I didn't, I didn't see this coming. But if you recall the last episode we recorded, we, I talked about the Tizzy Wizzy. Oh, do I recall? I recall. <laughs> the uh, little hedgehog cryptid who who could i suppose <laughs> who's and... my new love interest yes <laughs> who's also canonically queer as yeah, far I'm as i'm concerned somewhere on the alphabet and i just love him <laughs> <laughs> and uh so 
I just when I that's decided actually what the T stands for. Sorry, M, but is it Tizzy yeah. Wizzy? Yeah, I guess I'm a little it's Tizzy Wizzy. Unknown fact <laughs> or a, un, a little known fact. Actually, it's lesbian, unknown because it's only me who knows it. Lesbian, gay, by Tizzy, and right. happy to fall under the Tizzy umbrella, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um. Well, so while I was researching Tizzy Wizzy, I only found a few links because there wasn't too much there, but. Google did say, I'm sorry, did you mean the Afonk? (laughs) (laughs) And I went, okay. Yes. (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) Clicked around there. And as soon as I typed in Afonk, Google went, I'm sorry, did you mean the Lavellan? What's going on? These are all also letters in LGBT. I'm like, we're just like adding the whole, the whole alphabet. Uh, so apparently a funk is asexual. Lavelle is lesbian. Tizzy was a trans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Well, I, I couldn't find a, a, a B or a G or a plus sign, but uh, I did find. <laughs> okay. But uh, between those two, uh, those were the two that kept coming up every time I typed in rodent cryptid and Tizzy Wizzy. Okay. And so I have a double feature for you today, yes, which is you do. the Afonk and the Lavellan. What on earth? I've never heard of either of these things. Me either. I Like when Google said, I'm sorry, is this what you meant? I was like, Google, I don't think you know what you meant. I was going <laughs> to say, Google sometimes knows us better than we know ourselves, but also, like, what? These words don't make sense together, but okay. <laughs> or these letters don't. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to... um. Uh, pronounce everything right but one of them is welsh and one of them is scottish oh boy. and it's, it's just i tried my best I even at one point tried to take like a phonetic crash course and like learn how to pronounce certain letters but oh boy yeah so sorry in advance to anyone who's welsh or scottish and just wants to rip their hair out but we're gonna start first with the afonk um who is also known as the adonk a dane or a bach and it also all of those are spelled in a uh, a multiple variety situation of ways. Um, like the Adonk was spelt like four different ways on its own. The Abak was its own thing. So really you could just say any A letter word and probably be on your way just to like be somewhere near it. Yeah. 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 So uh the Afonk is from North Wales on the River Conway. Uh and they are allegedly in this particular lake or pool, which is called. Okay, so if it has two L's, apparently that's like the sound. Okay. So instead of I what I would have said is Lin Year Afonk, which means basically the Afonk Lake, but okay. apparently it's Lin Year Afonk. Holy crap! <laughs> So I'm glad I checked. Uh, and it translates to the Afonk Lake or the Afonk Pool. And it's named after the Afonk. So it must be a, if people are guessing that's where the Afonk lives. And they yeah. named that whole place after the Afonk. I, I guess they're pretty certain about it. Uh-huh. The Afonk could also allegedly be in two different uh, places. Where instead of Hlin Afonk, it could be in Hlin Leon or Hlin Barfog. So those are the three main areas of water that it's suggested that the Afonk lives in. Okay. And it's basically like a Nessie type of water monster. Ooh. Uh, it's, but instead of it looking like the Loch Ness Monster, where it's like a worm popping out every now and then, 
it is said to either look like a crocodile, oh. a platypus, or a beaver. <laughs> okay. So, again, wide range. Yeah. Some think it is also a demon. Oh. It's a lot of things. Didn't see that coming. Shockingly, right? I right? also. I- you sh- we should have. That would have been the first thing we usually think is coming. But a cryptid and a demon. I don't think I've covered that since you. Since no. I did- oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a funk is actually also the local Welsh word now for beaver. Wait, so, no way. I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg situation. Like, oh, did the sure. funk come first and get translated to beaver, or did it was beaver first and then a funk? But either way, a funk now means beaver in Welsh. That's so weird. The Afonka is known to attack anything or anyone in the water. Oh. So if you go jumping around in that lake, you might get attacked by the Afonka. Don't, is what I'll tell you. Right, yeah. (laughs) Just simply don't. It's apparently strong enough to, quote, break the banks of the pool, and it is said to be the reason for floods in the area. Oh, okay. And especially in this one lake that uh they think the afonk lives in which is named after him yeah uh it's because that area of water happens to have a lot of whirlpools in it and so they think that the afonk is the cause of anything getting dragged under the water but it could also just a naturalistic explanation can just be this is a whirlpool (laughs) you know and that doesn't make any sense you're right i don't know what i was (laughs) talking about (laughs) It's also said that the Afonk is nearly impervious and nothing can pierce its flesh. Oh, okay. Can't be stabbed. Scary. And uh, so here's one version of the story of the Afonk, or in this version, it was known as the Adonk. Um, So this version is that, I guess this was like a 17th century story to the Adonk. It's been around for a while, these folklores of him. And this particular story says that the Adonk lives in a palace, or he lives near a palace. He's not like the king. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He rules the nation (laughs) under his iron fist. (laughs) That can't be stabbed, by the way. (laughs) That can't be stabbed. He lives in a cave near a palace. Okay. This palace has a very interesting name. The Palace of the Sons of the King of the Tortures. Uh, apparently it, this Wait, whole tor- how do you spell tortures like torture with an s like torture like to harm somebody or like torch mm-hmm. like a with a flame no, on no, no. It? not torches tortures. oh no okay that's what i thought so he lives in a cave next to this palace with the oh. crazy name okay and uh so in this cave the adonk would every day kill the king's three sons, and then they'd be brought back to life, and he would kill them again the next day. Okay. So right off the bat, I don't know if I need to tell you this, but this is not a very realistic story, <laughs> especially since the Adonk is at the center stage of it all. You're right. Um, so the the lore is that the king's sons would go to the cave every day to try to kill him, but they would always lose. Okay. And the king asks to go with his sons one day to fight the Adonk. But they say, no, you can't, because if you die, you can't be brought back to life like we can. Well, that's not very nice. Okay. 
yeah, I guess they genetically got that from their mom. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's not part from your side of the family, dad. <laughs> so then the king goes on his own one day. He doesn't tell anyone. He just sneaks away and goes to oh, see the Adonk for himself. Sake. Okay. A stubborn man, just like them all. <laughs> and he, on his way to kill the creature, uh, he meets the queen of Constantinople. Oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> I bumped into her last week at Ralph's, but, you know. <laughs> you never I... know where she'll turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently she was in disguise as a as a fair maiden. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> you know how she is with her uh, dress up. Classic. And she said that. Oh, by the way, uh, that's what the Q is in LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen of Constantinople. <laughs> you know, you were onto something with Queen. To be queer, to, I'm not saying. queer, clear. To I'm be clear, saying to be queer. <laughs> ah. Okay, well, uh, so she's dressed as a fair maiden, as all queens of Constantinople's are. You know that trope, classic. And she basically tells the king, "Oh, you're not going to be able to fight the Adonk because he's invisible." And so, oh my you're... god. <laughs> I like that she's just got like ran. She was into cryptids of her time too. Yeah, she's like trivia knowledge about this thing. It's like if someone, if the king came over to you and said, "I'm going to go fight Mothman," and you were like, "Let me get my Hold binder." Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me open art, and that's why we drink email account because I have a lot of factoids for you. Let me let me open up last year's cryptid poetry slam, and I'll show you <laughs> yeah, what you're yeah. missing out on. He's uh, very sensual, so be prepared for that. <laughs> That's what I'll say. You wouldn't see it coming, but you know, before he wraps you up in his fuzzy wings, disarms you, you know. <laughs> okay, so she says, "Oh, Mr. King, you're not going to be able Silly to King. You're not going to be able to fight him cuz he's invisible. So this is going to be really tough for you. Good luck." Mm-hmm. And basically for good luck gives him this stone, an adder, adder stone, A D D E R. Oh, I don't isn't that know. a spider? Okay, it doesn't matter. Adder, acrid, an acrid is. It? Oh, adder. Oh, it's a snake. An adder oh. snake. Look how scary this thing is. Look how freaky. Forget it. Yeah, honestly. Oh, you guys see the creeps just looking at it. I saw it from California, and I got to be honest, I hated it. <laughs> an adder I... stone is a type of stone, usually glassy, with a naturally occurring hole through it. Okay. Well, I, I can I just can't think look about much s- better than the snake, honestly. <laughs> like it looks. Uh, I beg to differ. I'd much rather hold that. Okay. Than the snake. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Okay. Fair point. So she gives him this stone, which apparently will help him see the the adonk, even though it's invisible. Oh. So it gives him the special power to see the adonk. So then you're disarming the adonk because he thinks, "Oh, I'm invisible. You're not going to find up me. on you." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. The king goes up to him and finds him in the cave and kills him because <gasps> he can see the beast. So he kills the Adonk. And later he goes back to his three sons and says, oh, you don't have to go to the cave anymore. I killed him. Like, oh I did gosh. your job for you, basically. And the sons let him know, because apparently they've been withholding this information the whole time, that he was always destined. He was the prophecy to kill the Adonk. <laughs> okay i feel like that second half was the king at a bar trying to brag (laughs) just like adding to his like uh, hyperbole a little bit i was meant for this yeah yeah they said it 
I didn't say it. They said it. I was always meant to kill that beast. You ask Uh him. Uh Uh, So basically, he was always destined to be the one to get rid of the town monster, I guess. And his story has often been compared to King Arthur and Excalibur. Sure. Interesting tie-in. One of the reasons why uh, I said the Adonk or the Afonk is said to live in one of three areas. Mm -hmm. One of the areas, I guess it comes from this story, is Hlin Barfog. Um, I'm probably nailing Hlin and not Barfog, but whatever. (laughs) One of the reasons that that location is on the list of places the Adonk might live is because... At this area, there is a rock there called the Stone of Arthur's Horse. Oh. And in this rock, there's a hoof print etched into it. And it's allegedly a hoof print belonging to King Arthur's horse as he was like dragging the Adonk out to the lake. Whoa. Or or pulling him out from the lake or something like that. Whoa. What the hell? And so I think they combined the stories of like the, the Adonk and this like, Excalibur adjacent story, and right. then King Arthur apparently himself is now involved with the Adonk in a so separate is the story. Horse? Yeah, right. That's <laughs> the a horse. lot. A lot the of horse characters. sounds like he did the most work. Honestly, How- nobody gives credit to the horse. So that's just another location that has been thrown in as like a suggestion of where the Afonk or Adonk might live. Wow. Another version of the story. So the King's story is over. This is another popular version of the Adonk story is that uh, in Conway Valley, where the Adonk is said to be, uh, that area used to have devastating floods, used to damage the crops, used to injure Mm -hmm. the cattle, and the townspeople said that the Adonk was responsible for floods. So Mm -hmm. they had to get rid of this monster, and then they wouldn't have this problem anymore. So they needed to take the Adonk out and bring him to another lake, which I don't understand. Wouldn't you just... In my like old-timey brain, wouldn't your first thought just be hunt and kill it? Like yeah, but not... I guess if it can't be pierced with anything, maybe they uh... thought they couldn't. I don't know. Aha. Uh-huh. That's a great point. Great this point. is you and I arguing with our pitchforks. Like, <laughs> well, what do we do with it? <laughs> Let's put it in there. Like, don't tell them, though. <laughs> like, put them in the neighbor's lake. <laughs> tell them that their crops are in trouble. Oopsie. It's like so evil to move it to a different fucking lake. I really am just thinking about us having a, like a talk, a chat with our pitchforks. It's a yeah, good one. Honestly, it reminds me of like anytime there's a spider or something and I'm like, well, let's just carry him outside. You're like, kill it. Do you remember that horrid green thing that was yeah. in your... I'm so scared of it now. Being in this neither, room again. Neither of us had pitchforks, but I certainly had a shoe ready to go and you <laughs> sure had... Did. You had uh, just hopes and dreams that to it would fly fair. away unharmed. <laughs> to be fair, I did have that. I also had a big knife from the ice cream cake. So I feel like it, I was Because you're Hawkeye f- and you would just bullseye the <laughs> yeah, bug? I don't know. Just if things went r- south, you know, uh, I was prepared. Right. <laughs> if things went south and the bug got near you and you remembered to grab the knife, you would have been the <laughs> most dangerous being ah, w- to be in that neither room. Neither of us would have walked out of there alive, I think, probably. So just been stabbing the air so uh okay so they have their pitchforks and they're like what do we do oh yeah let's move him over to the lake got it to a different lake and so the men decided uh oh wait i think this is actually the oh no never mind i thought i i thought i was onto something but my detective skills are not what they are i thought they were (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> nice try. We would be like relegated to the back of the fucking pitchfork squad. We'd be like, it'd be like, you guys wait here. You'd be lookout. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I'd be delegated to the back of like a precinct because I like I'm clearly also that. like <laughs> not like, in modern I'm not times. Detective Benson. <laughs> yeah, no. So okay, so they decide they're gonna take him to a different lake, and the men decide uh, to. That they're all going to, all the blacksmiths in town are going to get together and create the strongest chains that they can wrap around the Odonk and pull him from their water and oh. have their strongest oxen drag him by these chains to another lake. Um, there's a fucking giant bug next to me. I'm not making this Christine. up. And honestly, it's one of those giant mosquitoes and I'm not about <gasps> it. I don't oh. like those. I don't like them. I don't know where you stand, but I'm okay with murder in this case. <laughs> don't somebody's gonna clip that line and just I like, said in this case. <laughs> oh, M, oh, he's too high up. Okay, give me a second. Okay. Did you get it? I got him. Ah, then I dropped him. Oh my god. What's happening? <laughs> okay, we're good. It's fine. Just don't worry about it. It's good. Oh my god. I'm fine. It's fine. I liked your purple shorts. Thank you so much. I just got them. For, I'm glad I was wearing pants. Sometimes I don't wear pants. So that would have been a fun sight. That would have been There's, a Patreon exclusive. There have been a few times I actively didn't wear pants to recording because I was like, oh, only the top of me is going to get seen. And then I panic that like that's going to be the day like the it's fire always, alarm goes off. Yep. Always. Yeah. It's like the day that a giant mosquito arrives. I um, have always at least worn underwear. Just in, just to be clear, I have two. So if anybody, we haven't of gone that, full command we're not at any point the, there yet. I'm sure in a couple of years we'll make it to that point of our podcast, but we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get there. <clears throat> anyway, sorry for the little um, tangent. You can go back to your story now. That was your <laughs> own battle with the Adonk. I feel like you had an your adder stone out. Your <laughs> I feel like I you were the prophecy you were Honestly, destined to kill that bug you said it okay and I feel like someone should make a statue also oh. I, <laughs> I, feel, I took that a little far I went one step too far I think um I don't know I sounded I think I did a pretty brave job but but that's just me I don't know you I'm biased. you yeah, you were very brave very like the, <laughs> thank you like the queen of Constantinople over there <gasps> oh my god that's so nice of you to say thank you you're welcome. So uh, where were we? So they decide they're going to create very strong chains and they're going to get their strongest ox and they're going to drag the Adonk from one lake to the next. Okay. And to get him out, this was their plan. They So this is us with our pitchforks again. <laughs> oh, um, no. <clears throat> doing another a breakdown of our plan. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, we've got all the tools. We've got the oxen ready. We've got the chains ready. But how do we get the Adonk out of the water to put the chains on Put him? the chains on. So they get this one fair maiden who is not the queen of Constantinople. A different by the fair way. maiden. Okay. <laughs> and and actually, I think she was a farmer's daughter. It was, it was oh, the... of course she was. Sure. And they had her just go stand by the water and just call for the Adonk because as just like one... flirt it out of the water. Literally, one website said, like, just like any common man, the Adonk was weak to women or something. Ew. It was awful. So whatever. Who wrote? Ew. Okay. I, the queen who knows everything about him, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. So the fair maiden uh, calls out to him, and apparently he just only needed to hear his name once, came right out. Here I am. Then she started singing him a lullaby. Sure. And he fell asleep with his head in her lap. Which well, that's really sweet. 
that's very sweet and makes the rest of it very sad. But also, can you imagine being someone who's just standing by the water and you don't know the size or the temperament of this creature? Mm -mm. You do. You have heard your whole life that this thing is pretty bad and causes floods and all this stuff. But you should go out there by yourself and call for him and let him crawl into your lap. You're actually the bait, basically. 100 percent of the bait. Um, So he falls asleep in her lap. Aww. While he's sleeping, the men who were hiding nearby lock up all lock him up in these chains and attach him to the oxen. And in the process of the adonk getting dragged by the the adonk getting dragged by the oxen, he wakes up from the movement and he freaks out and he crushes the maiden. Oh, literally, because he was on her. So when he started freaking no. out, he killed her. No, he fights against the chains. And apparently the oxen are holding on for dear life to not get dragged in the water by this thing as it tries to run away. Oh, my God. So now it's a real tug of war of like, are the oxen going <gasps> to drag him to the lake or is the Adon going to drag the oxen into the water with him when he's escaping? I feel escaping? like this happened in Oregon Trail at one point, like where the <laughs> oxen had to pull the... <laughs> A drunk out of the water. <laughs> it had to ford pull, the river. <laughs> it had to pull me all the way to California. <laughs> at the very least. Just as difficult of a task. Yes. Right, right, right. And so uh, here's the thing, though. So apparently the oxen were trying so hard and fighting so hard against the adonk pulling on the chains. They strained so hard that one of the oxen's eyes popped out. Oh, what? And... Uh, apparently the tears that came out of his eye socket allegedly created pool hligad yish, which means the pool of the oxen's eye. So what that's the fuck. I like to think if we were tourists and went to go visit the pool of the ox's eye, we'd have to read that on a plaque somewhere. The like, oh, these are the tears of an ox's eye <laughs> socket. Like, hold on a minute. We got to explain this story real quick. It's like, yeah. wait, what? So apparently he, and then with one eye, keeps chugging along. And eventually the, thing. the oxen win and drag him into another lake and release the Adonk. Only one uh, eye casualty. Only one eye and then also dragging a monster with a, a missing eye. Ugh. Clearly, he uh, survived and was seen again later because when the men who were there tried bragging about mm. that experience, someone said, like, oh, well, who was stronger? Were the men stronger or were the ox stronger for, like, dragging mm -hmm. the Adonk away? I, again, assume that these, maybe they're talking to the king from the previous story. Oh, my and, God, these guys, yeah. And the king just bragged about how he was destined to kill the Adonk. And then these men were like, actually, we pulled him and we're, we, we were stronger than ox. We him. were stronger than oxen. Yeah. Well, this is where I tell you that apparently the Adonk, at one time in his life, spoke to people. Oh, sure. Okay. Wow. Because as the men were bragging that they were stronger than the oxen, I guess the Adonk just like sticks his head through the window and has something to say. Because when asked about it, the Adonk says, quote, the men, uh, he says, had it not been for the oxen pulling, the Adonk had never left the pool. So he was saying like, no, no, the ox are stronger than you. So the oxen are stronger than you. Yeah, you. no shit, everybody. Anyway, apparently he speaks and comes in with the uh, real hard hitters and likes to call people out. And he's Love like, no, that. men, you were not stronger than the nice oxen. Nice try. 
anyway, that's the story of the Adonk. And I'm just so wildly befuddled by this whole story. Thank you, because I was trying to read Old English to get through this and Old <laughs> oh, Welsh. <no. laughs> so that's the Adonk. And then real quick, I am going to also tell you about the Lavellan. Okay. Which is a northern Scottish folklore. And it's also got several names, including the Lamalin, Labalin. Labalin, by the way. That's so interesting. Maybe that's why Google was like, did you mean Lavellan? Did you mean a funk? Because... For a funk, it had a bunch of different weird ways of spelling it, and one of them actually translated to beaver, which it said to look like. Lavellan has a bunch of names, and one of them also is Scottish Gaelic for water shrew, which is what it said to look like. Oh! Huh. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, and they're both technically kind of like rodent adjacent, like a beaver and a water shrew. Yeah. Like they kind of fall into a, a some similar category. Yeah. So the Lavellan is a rodent or shrew-like cryptid, which does sound very tizzy-wizzy. It does. Small but fast, mm. furry, bright eyes, and lives in marshes and deep parts of the river, which the tizzy-wizzy was said to be uh, rodent-like, small but fast, furry, bright eyes, and live in underwater because they like to swim. Right. So I think the Lavellan so far sounds more like the tizzy-wizzy versus the afunk. But yeah, at least I sounds like just as friendly and not as mean as this other one right <laughs> not just killing people in every yeah, story like pulling eyes out and stuff <laughs> so um one source though did call the lavellan a giant vampire shrew oh okay because there are rumors that it is a blood sucker with a venomous bite oh sure uh, it's also known to be fatally poisonous from its toxic breath. Okay, I spoke too soon about how friendly <laughs> this thing was. <laughs> well, I don't think this one actively kills anybody. I it's, think it just, it's uh, like me in the morning. Its breath is so bad, you kind of want to die, you uh, know? That, that I can relate to, yes. <laughs> if you're with them, like them. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I do have stinky breath in the you morning. Don't. I don't know what. Everybody does. I feel like mine is out of this world. I really, every morning I wake up and I go, Ooh, if I don't brush my teeth right now, I'm grossed out by myself. <laughs> so uh, known to be known to be fatally poisonous from their toxic breath. Apparently their breath can injure livestock up to a hundred feet away. Oh my God. It reminds me of that SpongeBob episode where he yeah. thinks he's ugly, but he just stinks. Yep. 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 And yep. like the whole movie theater leaves. I love that episode. So the Lavellan somewhere is just going, I'm ugly and I'm proud. And he's just <laughs> smelling like, <laughs> Death. He's just like the squonk. But <laughs> the is. squonk's not proud. He's just sad. He's just lonely all the time. Aww. So uh, if you were to interact with a Lavellan and you're within 100 feet away at the very least and this breath could get you, uh -oh. there are certain ways to cure yourself. Okay. And these were things that farmers allegedly did to their livestock um, to cure them if they were exposed. Okay. Uh there's two ways. You first of all have to find, hunt, and kill a Lavellan. So good luck. Uh, oh. And boil its head. <gasps> oh. Boil it in water and then have the livestock, or you, if you've been exposed, you have to drink the water that is the boiled head has been in. Don't do that. The other thing is apparently in this folklore, a lot of farmers. Uh, over the years would preserve the skin of a lavellan once they had found and hunted one. Okay. 
They would preserve the skin. They would boil that in the water, and then you'd have to drink the water. Oh, God, so ew. its head or just its skin in general is what you would have to boil in water and then drink it to cure yourself from its toxic breath that will kill you. But then also poison yourself in the process. Right. Yeah, yeah, like by drinking not a dead animal. FDA approved. No, certainly not. Um, so that was kind of the whole thing. But here's reasons for why the Lavellan lore even exists. Like why why did farmers think that Lavellans were going after their livestock because of their yeah. breath? Like it really feels kind of like a ghost of like, oh, we can't see it, but it's killing our livestock. Yeah. So uh, we think the Lavellan lore, since it was also deadly and in the water, uh, the two main reasons for why the Lavellan lore exists is because parents at the time were trying to keep their kids from getting in water when they weren't okay. around. Smart. Um, and it would also explain random uh, diseases of livestock that we didn't know about yet. Mm-hmm. So it would just keep people, and it, the other thing is it would just keep people away from water shrews in general, because apparently water shrews actually did have toxic saliva. So if they bit you, you actually could die You're from kidding. A- oh my gosh. Um, and so that, the toxic saliva is probably where that, uh, yeah. that idea of it having a venomous bite or having the fatal breath comes from. Oh, geez. In 1828, there was a book called The History of British Animals, and the Lavellan were actually not just uh, likely to be water shrews, but the closest current animal we know of uh, is a stoat, which basically looks like a ferret. Oh, okay. Um, They were, and apparently stoats uh, at the time, which might have not been, people might not have known the name of a stoat, they probably just saw one. And just said, oh, that's a Lavellan. But it could have been a stoat because at the time, stoats, quote, exuded some kind of foul matter that was toxic to animals. Oh. So so stoats could have actually been killing the livestock. Oh, my God. Okay. So there was really, like, basis in that part. Yeah. So, uh, but interesting because that means people might have actually been hunting stoats and then drinking their That part. Yike. Headwater. Gross. Well, fun fact, there was a, sh- a shrew-like creature similar to the Lavellan millions of years ago that was called, this is like the scientific name, uh, Dinogalerix konigswaldi. Sure, 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 sure. Dino or Dinogalerix translates to a terror shrew. <laughs> and apparently these shrews, again, they created, they were millions of years ago, but they are called the terror shrew because they really were giant sized ancestors to today's hedgehog or today's oh. moon rat, which sounds like why hedgehog and tizzy Wizzy. When I typed in tizzy Wizzy, Google was like, did that you mean Lavellan? So weird. Uh, yep. 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 And so it used to be, there used to be a giant sized rat, which makes me think of the ROUS is from princess bride. Yes. The rats of unusual size. Oh my gosh. So uh, it cannot be confirmed, but I'd like to think that the rats of unusual size were inspired by Lavellans or these yeah. giant terror shrews. And what also might have been inspired by these giant terror shrews is the 1959 horror movie, The Killer Shrews, and the monsters were giant mutant shrews. What? I've never even heard of that. Well, uh, here's a fun fact for you, because I saved the link and I'd like you to go look at of 40 course. Seconds. Uh, I would love nothing more. So there was this horror movie, The Killer Mm -hmm. Shrews, in 1959. And because at the time, and even today, I don't know how you would train 
shrews and then also find them of massive size that they could act in a horror movie. The way that they did it back in 1959, the shrews were actually dogs with masks on their face. No. And so the dog actors would just run around and not even attack anybody. It was just, they clearly took video of like a dog running around in the yard. (laughs) Oh my God. So I'm going to send you a link to it on YouTube. And if you go to four minutes and 20 seconds, I think there should be a scene of the dogs, the shrews running around and attacking in the woods where they're just running around and they're clearly dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God, it's a horrible sound. I think that's probably it. The the scenes were not that long. Look at them running. I'm telling you. And like, so by the way, those are, I t- I sent you the link that was called 1959, like the killer shrews, all the shrew scenes. And in a, like an hour long movie, there's five minutes of screen time with these shrews. <laughs> half of them were apparently, if there were any close-ups where you don't see its whole body, half of them were just hand puppets in, in the frame. Yeah. And then there was one where there was like a little uh, hole in the fence and you just saw like teeth that were clearly just being manipulated. Yeah. So that was those were hand puppets. And then the other half uh, were dogs running around. And that's just it was just that means there's only two and a half minutes of the shrews running around in this. Can we talk about how in the description it says spoilers? So (laughs) so don't watch it if you feel like you need to keep, you know, the surprise, the suspense. Spoilers, the shrews show up. Yeah, Yeah, spoilers. These are dogs, big dogs. But so anyway, that was my fun fact for the day that there was this. Also, because in the 1959, like a horror movie, really, all you had to do was see something that didn't look human and just call it a a lot of screaming. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whoever watched that in the 50s and actually lost sleep, you know? I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if anybody like had a fear of shrews yeah, <laughs> after this were, film. I can never see a shrew again. I'll lose my mind. Yeah. I'll, I mean, not that they look anything like shrews, but you know. <laughs> it literally looked like, like, I don't know, like black labs with a mask. Like Halloween That's, costumes on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that is the, uh, the Afonk and the Lavellan. Um, that was such a wild, twisty, turny, fun story it was funky it was goofy it was definitely funky uh (laughs) and i feel like i got to hear you make some new sounds out of your mouth that i never heard thank thank you yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know where that came from but i loved it thank you this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So I have a story for you today. And, you know, last two episodes, I covered the Girl Scout murders. Yeah, those were rough. Those were very rough. Um, and this one, I just want to warn you, is rough too. But uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. You know what? They're all rough. It's so hard for me to, <laughs> I to know. give a scale of like how bad any true crime story is. Um, and it doesn't feel quite right. But um, this one's a little different. So you'll see why. I don't want to spoil. Spoilers. Uh, not your everyday spoil. It's not your everyday Lavellan situation. Not your, you know what? And what really is, uh, <laughs> is what I want to ask, ask you. Ask the queen. She'll know. <laughs> ask the queen. Well, Em, surprise. I've been oh. the queen this whole time. What Didn't a you always look- wonder why I looked like such a fair maiden? Oh, <laughs> you know, I just chalked that up to good, good genes. I don't know. Yeah, you just thought I was the farmer's daughter, but really... <laughs> I was the queen this whole time. <laughs> oh my god, I'm scared to ask what that makes me. Anyway, I'm, I have no idea. I'm that stupid spotted snake. I bet. you pick another letter from that. Fu- yeah, you could be the adder adder snake. Yeah, that's I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stick <laughs> with my stupid I'll, snake. I'll stick with my tizzy wizzy tea. That's I'm happy there. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can stay the tea. I'm right next to you there with a the little cute. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm going to tell you today that's the story of Lisa McVeigh. Have you heard about this before? Mm-mm. Okay, I had heard of it um, and I knew bare bones details, but I did not know the whole story. And it is a roller coaster, okay? Mm. okay. This is maybe one of my favorite stories that oh. I've heard. It's pretty, it's, it's like a dark horse. Like, I didn't see this coming, but uh, it's a great one. Okay. I think if you didn't see it coming, fucking none of us did. Mm, yeah. So. <laughs> well, Lisa McVeigh. Let's get into it. She was born March 1967 in Tampa, Florida, and she goes through a freaking horrible, horrible time. So we're just going to start at the beginning. Uh, Lisa and her siblings suffered a childhood of physical abuse at the hands of their mother, uh, who suffered from alcoholism and addiction and pretty frequently called Lisa unlovable. So good start. Great. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like the easiest part of this whole story. So yeah, it's, it starts bad, but it just gets worse. So at age 14, Lisa went to live with her grandmother and grandmother's boyfriend, whose name was Morris. And Morris pretty quickly began molesting Lisa Ugh. to the full knowledge of her grandmother. <gasps> oh, yeah um, wow who who kind of just condoned this mm. and there's it's, so many stories like that too it's yeah it's very dark and you know i want to also say there was um 
a movie I watched on uh, Discovery, of course, uh, Discovery Plus, and it was called Believe Me, The Abduction of Lisa McVeigh. And uh, it's it's really hard to watch because it's sort of a reenactment of the whole story. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to watch. And I will say at the beginning, I was like, this feels a little bit like Hallmarky, like really kind of. But but it, they, I think they do a pretty good job of covering this. So if you're interested in seeing it kind of act like, you know, more visually, I mm-hmm. would check that out. But it's very tough to watch because basically she shows up at her grandma's house oh. and her grandma's like, hey, there's just some things you have to do to like keep, you know, to like earn your keep here, basically. Like it's yeah. really gross, um, really, really horrific. So, uh, so often her grandmother watched her grandmother knew about this uh did nothing and lisa also suffered frequent beatings in the household her grandmother's boyfriend morris pulled lisa out of school and forced her to work and bring in money so he wouldn't have to and uh so she started working at a local donut shop okay and she loved her job uh she actually called the donut shop her safe house uh a place to get away from everything so it's like work was her only place where she could feel like safe and herself um and just thinking like age 14 just the thought is just wild to me um lisa's sister Lori recalls in an interview once visiting lisa and at bedtime finding a gun hidden (laughs) under lisa's pillow and lisa had gotten this gun because she said if morris touches you then i'm going to kill him and she said that to her grandma? What's that? To her sister who was To visiting. her sister. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So her wow. sister was visiting and was staying Got the night it. and was like, what the hell is this gun? And she was like, well, he does stuff. And if he does it to you, I'm going to kill him. Okay. Um, Got it. When she was 17, big yikes, Morris told her he wanted to have a baby with her. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's, yep, it's horrific. Um, And feeling that she was trapped, she felt like damaged goods, that's a quote, Um, she decided she did not want to live any longer. And so she, at age 17, wrote a suicide note and then worked a double shift at the donut shop. uh, And she got on her bike and started to head home with this kind of feeling that she would be free really soon. And this is something that's actually common among people who um, are planning to attempt yeah. suicide this like yeah. yeah feeling of like lightness or feeling this hap- like happiness that uh they'll have peace soon well there's a that's a maybe this is a good psa then because yep. they're for if you see something say something if yep. you notice something be you know don't trust your gut because they're it's apparently a like a a common experience that like if someone seems really depressed and uh really sad most of the time then all of a sudden they're having a few really good days and if they if you know that they've had history with ideation before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. their like last few days are like particularly happy but it's because they have maybe a plan or -hmm. something like that they see a way out maybe um Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely uh, that's a great psa to have and uh if you know if they're if you need more resources um you can go to the suicide prevention lifeline.org um or call 1-800-273-8255 just always a Mm -hmm. good psa to throw out there when we talk about this topic yes um so yes thank you for for saying that um so 
Yes, she had this kind of sense of like lightness that she was finally escaping this horrid, hellish situation. She's on her way home, 2 a.m. This just, and this is like, I mean, talk about a Hallmark movie. Like, I just feel like the creators of the, who who made the um, kind of reenactment film of this just like had no choice but to make it almost a Hallmark movie because the story is not Hallmark, Lifetime. Sorry. Oh, Lifetime. I keep saying Hallmark like it's a Christmas film. They feel that they feel the same to me for some reason. They... Yeah, they're both kind of that like cheesy, a little yeah, bit yeah. corny. Yeah. So on her way home at 2 a.m., Lisa notices, this is November 3rd, 1984, notices that the street she was on was badly lit and there was a car stopped in the middle of a nearby church parking lot, which seemed odd. Hmm. Um, and this is the way she goes home regularly. So like she, again, like PSA, if you're something if your body is like something's off or wrong you know trust your gut listen to it yeah yeah uh so little did she know lurking in the shadows was a serial killer (gasps) what yeah it's really stumbled upon that's a very interesting coincidence outrageous it's outrageous uh bobby joe long like it sounds like it's made up right because it's just like what are the odds that this would happen you know um, but it's true. So Bobby Joe Long, he had left behind a trail of bodies in Tampa leading up to that night, um, plus as many as 50 surviving female rape victims in Miami, Florida. So he oh was at large right now. He was very active, um, very evil. And this guy, Bobby Joe Long, he had been born in 1953 and he had uh, married his high school girlfriend in 1974 but divorced later and it's said that he developed a violent resentment and hatred toward women as part of this breakup Uh, and as he moved through tampa in the night unsolved murder cases piled up his mo was to target sex workers and other vulnerable young women whom he would lure into his car and then strangle elsewhere so it feels a little is that a was that Bundy's move to drag them into the car, right? But he would get them in the trunk or something. Yeah, he would do uh like, oh, my arm is broken. Can you help me carry this mm. into my car? Can you help me with my groceries? Like that kind of like luring people who let their guard down. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And so he I mean, he did something similar. He lured people into his car um basically by, you know, asking for whatever. He if he was going to street corner and meeting up with sex workers he would be like somebody come into my car and then the Mm -hmm. person who got in the car ended up being one of his victims very scary um and the authorities were trying to like nail this guy down but they could only link the crimes by the red carpet fibers they found on every victim which they assumed to be from the interior of the car oh Uh, so that was like the only thread they could find um pun not intended there the only thread thread i heard it all the cases um and there was no dna evidence uh, at the time that they could track uh so investigators had very little to go on um and the dna method used in uh crime investigations and we've talked about this before but was discovered in 1984 uh the same year as lisa's abduction actually so this year that uh that the story takes place they did you know discover how to track dna trace dna but um as we've talked about before uh, with the age old forensic files, this, <laughs> this uh, method didn't become like popularized or like used regularly for, for a few years. So 
Uh, at first, bodies were showing up every four to six weeks, but then escalated to every seven to ten days. He would have another victim. Mm. And an investigator said it's a sign of personal deterioration when serial killers move this way. Uh, quote, they increase their killings as their lives begin to fall apart. Oh, which that's, is for some reason that I don't know why that shocks me, because I feel like that makes sense. So like, yeah, if you've got to like get I feel like serial killers not I don't know, but I, I would imagine that like if you're someone who's OK with hurting someone, it would happen more often when you need an outlet right yeah or something. yeah yeah i think it does make sense um yeah an outlet or a way to like feel not to be like pretending i'm a psychiatrist or something but like a way to feel control over a situation yeah. like if you're unraveling and then you like yeah yeah i mean uh, it, I, like i it's the first time i'm hearing it that way and for some reason it surprises me but it it really does make a lot of sense it makes total sense yeah and i, I don't think i've ever heard it put that way either but it's that's a really interesting I don't know, assessment. Hmm. Um, so with no leads, investigators extended their search to Miami where they looked into a series of unsolved rape cases. Like I said, as many as 50 unsolved rape cases from this guy Jeez. alone. Um, in Miami, Long would respond to classified ads. So like furniture sales, that kind of thing. Hmm. And ask whether any... Ask whether anyone, this is, has Ted Bunny written all over it. Ask whether anyone else would be home to help him load up the furniture. Whoa. And yeah. sometimes women would say, sorry, no, there's nobody here to help you do that. Uh, and so now he would know that the victim oh. was home alone mm -hmm. and didn't have a man around. Um, and so he would gain entry to the house, say, oh, that's fine. I'll come pick it up anyway. Uh, then rape the person, rob them. And investigators would compare the clothes of the rape victims to the bodies of the Tampa murder victims. And that's when they noticed this red carpet fiber uh, Damn. matching to, to and both. You, you know, what's wild is like, what if getting out of Florida, well, that's where he left, right? He got out of Florida and all of a sudden this was happening somewhere else. Um, no. So it uh, started or the, the rapes were in Miami and then Tampa was where oh, uh, the okay. murders were taking place. I gotcha. 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 Um, at any point he could have just gotten a new car and it would have they would have lost their one isn't that lifeline. freaky like it all he had to do was just do all of this stuff in different cars and they would have never been traced to each other that's so true that reminds me of the night stalker episode where like every little thing just went the wrong way for investigators where like yeah he would just Ugh. happen to switch up his car or his appointment mm -hmm. appointment at the dentist or whatever it may be Kept them guessing in a really Ooh. really insidious way yes yeah. yes 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 um so this is how they were kind of connecting all these cases um with the through line of miami to tampa the rape the murder and so evidence was finally coming together but they still had no leads until lisa mm. so as she biked down that road uh and and felt like something was off Long yanked Lisa off her bike, put a gun to her left temple, and she screamed but was told if she didn't stop, she'd be killed. He dragged her back to his car where she also saw a large hunting knife inside and he forced her to strip down and said to show him a good time. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. This girl just cannot get a break. And he said if he liked it, uh, he'd let her go. Oh, my God. Yeah, 
It's sick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lisa remembers thinking, God, just don't let him kill me. Um, just fucking terrifying. Um, she mm-hmm. said, I had a new sense of wanting to survive. I had to reach down deep in my soul. I would do whatever it took to survive. Uh, basically, she was no longer a teenager willing to die. She was planning to fight for her life. Wow. I feel like that's, I mean, I know that's not the case for everybody, but there have been a lot of stories of people who, um, if they've survived in a, in a way where they had jumped mm-hmm. off of oh, something, sure, sure. they've, re- a lot of them have reported back that after they had jumped, part of them was thinking I didn't want. That. Wow. That's a Which, so, frightening thought. I can't. And I, I know that's not the case for everybody. And I know there's a, a lot, a lot of people of have nuance a, and, a yeah, lot of yeah, nuance yeah, of course but i i have heard that before of people like of survivors who say that right su- survivors like with with an intent or with a plan and something gets in the way or they're mm-hmm. in the middle of it and then realize oh never mind and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. interesting that i've never actually heard one of your stories bring that up so it's yeah just interesting. no i feel like this does touch on a lot of things that don't usually come up um which is really interesting and like I mean, again, just like the the lifetime movie aspect of like, oh, I'm planning to take my own life and then like getting abducted that night. Like, it's just yeah. so wild. Um, So, well, it just gets worse before it gets better. But he bound Lisa's wrists and ankles and blindfolded her. And as he put the blindfold on, Lisa purposefully tensed her jaw as tight as she could. So that when she relaxed, the blindfold would be a little bit loose on her face. Smart girl. So smart. And so she would be able to see just a little crack out of uh, her her blindfold. Mm-hmm. So on the road, Lisa kept track of everything possible. Um, she had a slight view from her loose blindfold. So she counted red lights. She saw the word Magnum labeled on the dashboard of the car. She paid attention to smells and sounds. She could tell that the car needed an oil change by the way it rattled. Mm. She even mentally noted right and left turns, trying to figure out where she was being taken. Wow. Just, like, very brave. Um, So brave and so smart. And, like, I I say smart uh, without trying to insult other people who wouldn't be able to. No, of course, right. I'm thinking... If if it were me, I would be in such a freeze mode. I, I wouldn't even think about that. It's like, hard I wouldn't... to imagine that you would that anybody would be able to yeah have the wherewithal to like yeah. count count left I'm just, turns. I, I'm just impressed that that she even thought because I would have absolutely gone into like blank freeze. mode. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so no. just wow. Same here. Um, and so once they stopped, he had Lisa get dressed. He led her up a flight of stairs. Uh, and she counted the number of stairs that so sm- I fucking smart. No. And so once inside his apartment, Lisa noticed it smelled very new with a fresh coat of paint and mm. inside. Um, this is again, disturbing. He put Lisa in the shower and <sighs> bathed her. Like he was playing out a romantic love affair. That's a quote. Oh, God. Um, and afterward he became abrasive and demanding uh, Lisa remembers my abductor. Something triggered him to be brutal and attack me. And I kept thinking, I got to get out of this some way, somehow. I have to get out of this. What a badass. According to Investigation Discovery Report, Lisa had a tragic skill set gained from her lifelong abuse. So you can kind of see that uh, connection there mm-hmm. um, as far as she was able to dissociate from her body and appear calm when obviously she wasn't. 
Uh, and she said, quote, I had to take all the abuse I had incurred when I was a child and just reach this makes me cry <laughs> and just reach down one more time into the pit of my stomach and tap into those survival skills. Um, shit. Yeah. And so that's what she did. Um, and throughout the night, as Long repeatedly violated, assaulted and tormented her, Lisa focused on figuring him out in order to appease him. So she recognized her others, her other abusers behavior in his behavior, and she knew kind of how to placate him. And she knew she had to remain collective, uh, collected, sorry, uh, or he would get upset and kill her. And so she didn't want to freak out and like scare him into harming her. Um, right. And so she later said in an interview, I figure I've been sexually abused for three years. What's one more time? But I'm also Ugh. thinking if I make it out of this alive, I will never let anyone do this to me again. Wow. I mean, wow. I like I no comment. No yeah. comment. Lisa also gave him a false name. She said her name was Carol, and she told him this uh, story that she had a sick father at home who depended on her as his sole living relative and caretaker. It's not true, mm. but this is what she told him. She So she's trying to basically, like... Um, get out. <laughs> yes, get out for sure, but, like, also kind of relate to his, like, maybe empathetic side or find mm -hmm. out if there's a way to, like, connect with him. Um, and so she told Long her father wouldn't survive without her. She needed to go give him his medicine. And uh, so this is she was just trying this angle, basically. Uh, eventually, Long ordered Lisa to get some rest. And she noticed that she was put on his bed, which was a waterbed. So another thing to note. Hmm. Uh, and later, Long had the TV on and she heard a news report about a 17-year-old being abducted off her bike. So <gasps> that Whoa. was her. Wow. So I, so I think this is the moment where for her it all started to feel real. Um mm -hmm. so she burst into tears for the first time and uh kind of like she suspected, uh Long said Long became agitated and said if she didn't calm down, he would be quote forced to kill her. Oh, God. So smart cookie once again, Lisa noticed the phrasing of this and realized he said he'd be forced to kill her, which which implied like maybe he didn't want to. Like mm. this wasn't necessarily something he was looking forward to. Right. Um, and so she thought, OK, there's a chance he doesn't want to do this. Uh, and so according to a psychologist regarding the case, sometimes serial killers suddenly want to be nice. Um, something inside them clicks and they kind of become like caretakers not in a real way but in like their mind they they mm -hmm. see themselves their version of it yeah exactly they see themselves as like a merciful caretaker so lisa doubled down on appealing to his emotions she calmed down she talked about her father and she at one point convinced long to let her go to the bathroom alone with the door shut um basically showing him how to treat her like a person and in the bathroom i mean this freaking girl i've like chills again she secretly wiped her hands everywhere she could to leave fingerprints. So fucking smart. No, I was like, damn, damn. So she put her fingers on the mirror, the walls, under the toilet seat so that it wouldn't be cleaned, like a mm -hmm. place where like he probably wouldn't, you know, think to wipe off. Yeah. Um, she wanted to tell police she had been there. And um, at least in the movie, she made the point of even if I didn't make it out, I was hoping that like I'd be the last victim and they would find an, these yeah. fingerprints and at least he would not be able to do this to anyone else. So even more badass, um, she tossed her hair, her hair clip with with hair on it under the bed to a point where like um, 
he wouldn't be able to notice it uh, with right. the hopes that, you know, she could tell police later, like, check for my hair clip there. Yeah. Um, and at one point, Long had Lisa touch and feel his face as like this like sick sort of intimate moment. Like, okay. Ugh. But Lisa used the opportunity to kind of try and memorize his features because she couldn't really see him because of the um, blindfold. So mm -hmm. she noted that he had small ears, was clean uh, with a short mustache and had like pock marks like acne scars. Mm hmm. Um, and eventually Long asked her, what am I going to do with you now? And acting along, Lisa told him she knew he was a nice person. He never meant to hurt her. She said she promised to never tell anyone how they met and she could actually be his girlfriend and take care of him. Uh, yeah. And wow. Long said he couldn't, quote, keep her and put Lisa back in his car. And uh, she was sure she was on her way to be killed. Uh, they stopped at an ATM and a gas station and he told her, if you try to run, I'm going to kill the clerk inside the gas station. So she stayed in the car to protect the clerk at the gas station that she believed he would do it. And he probably would have. Um, and so she still has this blindfold on. So she knows that they are getting on the interstate because of the sound of the wind and the rattling of the car. Um, so even though she's like preparing to be killed, she's still like noting every detail of where they're going. Uh, he took her out in the rear parking lot of an eyeglass store and he told her, I want you to stay there for five minutes. And he also said, tell your father he's the reason I didn't kill you. And then he drove away and left Whoa. her in the parking lot. Right? Like, wow. What the fuck? What the fuck? So afraid this was some sort of test because she's still blindfolded. Like, of course you would be still yeah. petrified she probably was... stood there for an hour yeah she stood there for a long time i don't know how long but um she stayed there quote like a good girl according to her um and eventually she started to feel like a sitting duck waiting to be hunted that's another quote and so she started running mm. uh, she ran until she couldn't anymore afraid that like he would change his mind and come back to try and find her and kill her and so when she finally got home, of course, her fucking nightmare is not over because Morris opens the door and immediately is like, where the fuck have you been? Began beating her, interrogating her, demanding to know why she was cheating oh on God. him. Oh, my God. And like has no idea what he's like, how particularly triggering that is in this moment right well she's saying i've been abducted and they're like bullshit you oh were out you know what i mean so like they, they knew what they were doing and they still absolutely don't shit. believe her they absolutely oh don't believe God. her they think she's been out with like some quote boy uh and that's why the movie version is called believe me because she's like why won't anyone believe me and oh i think that God. might be like the hardest part for me watching this is just like when pe when the people are like oh, okay likely story and it's like oh how just infuriating and like demoralizing could that be that you survived this horrible thing and then like nobody fucking believes you it's it's horrible it's hard to watch um so her grandmother calls the police station to cancel the missing persons report and they were like oh i'm glad she's home safe and you know like with this kind of trope of like runaway teens from troubled homes and of course they're like oh yeah she just ran away and she's home now and they're like okay so she seems fine and the grandma says on the phone oh she's telling some she's making up some stupid story about being kidnapped and the police are like well if she's saying that then we have to talk to her because like 
if she's making these claims as a minor, then we have to talk to her. And she's like, what? No, you don't need to talk to her. And they're like, we have to talk to her. So at this, the grandmother makes me so mad. It's like, how could you, whatever. Okay. Um, at the station, a female detective questioned Lisa very dismissively, like didn't believe her story. Also, okay. Gross. Especially that it's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know how much of the, um, movie version is, you know, dramatized, but they're just watching that conversation where they're like, we're all girls here. You can tell us what you were really doing, what you were really up to. Like, oh my God. were you seeing a boy? And, you know, it's like, um, it's very infuriating to watch. And she said, Lisa was just too calm to be telling the truth about such a horrible story. Uh, and Lisa you, remembers. No one's ever heard of fucking trauma before? <laughs> I guess what? not. And uh, Lisa remembers hearing investigators outside the door laughing. So that's the worst so, thing ever. Yeah, I, I would just get up and leave at that point. I'd be like, I'm clearly not being taken seriously. It's it's horrible. And so she told them to bring in someone more intelligent. <laughs> Good. And, and then she shut down. Um, she said she was calm when she was telling her story because she knew she had to catch long. And it's like the same thing she was doing when she was under, you know, his uh, abduction, like trying to remain calm to like mm-hmm. uh, to like control the situation and not, you know, yeah, lose control. And so, yeah, she said about his other victims who didn't escape and who had been killed. She said, I'm their voice now. So she was like, this is my job. I need to do this. This is it. Like, I don't have the space to freak out and have an emotional breakdown right now. What a Um, fucking woman. Oh my God. I know. I know. It's unbelievable. So a new detective who specialized in sex crimes arrived and uh, showed Lisa a photo of his daughter and said, hey, I have a daughter, you know, around your age. There's nothing I wouldn't do to protect her. And now I'm going to do the same for you, like to be like, I want you to trust me. Um, So finally, she broke down. She started crying. She finally felt like somebody was listening. Um, And she actually said someone she felt like someone cared for the not just like for the first time in this police station, but for the first time in her life um and so sad i know it's it's especially a man to be the one to listen and not i like i'm not trying to be that person but one would assume you can feel safer to have these discussions and be believed by a a woman or at least you should be like at least Mm -hmm. like you have that bond but like for the woman to basically laugh at you and for the man to be like you can trust me when she's never been able to trust a man yeah like what a weird dynamic i know it's very interesting and i i think there's an element to it of like just a father figure because yeah um you know he's like i have a daughter you're around your age and like Mm -hmm. you know i want to take care of her and i'm going to take care of you and like thankfully he actually meant it this wasn't like uh you know another trap or anything like that um and so she started oh i was gonna say it's just very unexpected yeah, it is. It's um, it's it's disturbing because you think once you get to the police station with your story and you're like, "Hey, I've been abducted." <laughs> like, the, yeah, at the very least they'll believe you. But yeah, nope. Um, and so she starts crying. She finally feels like someone's listening and caring for her. She tells the detective everything she knew, and he was astounded, like we were, by her recall. Um, and it was clear Lisa was after this guy, and uh he could tell she wanted revenge as she should uh mm-hmm. and so he was like we're gonna take this uh a step further and 
in the movie, there's a while, and I don't know, again, how much of this is dramatized or real, but uh, there's a while where they don't make the connection that her abductor is the same guy that they're hunting. Mm. So they're hunting the serial killer on the side, but like he doesn't leave his victims alive. So there's not, uh, there's not that connection made sure. until later when he goes, wait a second, there's a possibility these could be the same guy. And everyone's like, well, no, because he kills his victims. And he's right. like, I know, but this might be just the one that got away. Um, I mean, so- especially if she's telling him like, the guy even said he wanted to kill me, but yeah, he, like so. There's that. I don't know. Yeah, he that. Yeah, exactly. So there was no doubt uh, in this guy's mind that like there was a connection there, and so what he did was he sent her clothes to DC uh, to be analyzed, and forensics found the same red carpet fibers mm. on her clothes as the other victims, and he thought, bingo, yeah, th- this is the same person. So. Desperate to catch this guy, 50 investigators all went out in one night searching everywhere they could. They decided to patrol the red light district and speak to some women there. And uh, along came Long in his car, which Lisa had described so vividly. And even his face matched the description she'd given just from feeling his face. She'd never actually seen it. Right. Uh, And so they they tailed him home and surveyed his apartment for 72 hours while obtaining warrants and gathering evidence. And eventually they were able to arrest him at a Tampa movie theater. Wow. Yeah. So in the investigation, oh, sorry, in the interrogation, Long struck detectives as the, quote, typical Southern gentleman. Ew. Yeah. Forget it. Like he's clearly playing some like trope to try and win people over. And he, he seemed to know that he was like pretty much nailed down for Lisa's abduction but he didn't realize at the time that they had already connected him to all the other killings and rapes. Really? So he thought like, oh, this is just about Lisa. And so he was trying to like play up like, oh, you know, it's just a one time thing. But um, he didn't realize at the time they had him connected to all of these other crimes. Hmm. So in an interview, ugh, Long smiled as if pleased with himself uh, and said of his killings, quote, it was like A, B, C, D. I'd pull over, they'd get in, I'd drive a little ways, stop, pull a knife, a gun, whatever, tie him up, take him out, and that would be it, end quote. Ew. Yeah, like he's a sick, sick, sick fuck. Um, as far as Lisa's case, uh, he sounded pragmatic and almost amused, which is so gross. And he said, it was pretty easy to tell from the very minute that I grabbed Lisa that she wasn't like the others. And that's probably the reason she's still alive walking and talking today. And I understand that she'd love to see me in the the electric chair and I can't blame her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fucker. Oh, my God. So on September 24th, 1985, Long uh, Long pled guilty to eight murders and Lisa's abduction and rape. Uh, he is suspected of many more rapes and killings. Yeah. Bobby Joe Long was executed by lethal injection on May 29th, 2019. So quite recently. And Lisa, who was present at the execution. Wow. Said the following words. Let me um, hope that I can get through this. Okay. <clears throat> Bobby Joe Long, hear me loud and clear. Hear my roaring Hear my roaring voice. May God have mercy on your soul. Long overdue. And then she 
broke down into tears and thanked him, saying, The reason why I say thank you now is that I have forgiven you for what you have done to me. Had I not forgiven you, I might as well be in my own prison without walls. Whoa. Oh, chills. Oh, my gosh. Uh, bizarrely, there was a group of about a dozen protesters at Long's execution, um, but it was bizarre because they weren't protesting the death penalty as, you know, at these cases, there are people understandably who are there to say like, you know, yeah, no death penalty, um, which I understand, but they were defending him as an individual and saying like, he didn't do it or or he's innocent. I wonder Uh, if it was that, that that mental con- the that episode you did about like people like do you think he had fans is oh, what i'm trying to get to you know i don't know that's a great point because i mean he was in prison long enough to probably develop some sort of relationships with people because he wasn't executed until 2019 and he went to prison in 1985 so yeah maybe he had like that's a great point maybe he had like made connections with people outside who were on his side or or thought he could be you know redeemed in some way right um wild so anyway there are these people protesting um and long's daughter was actually present and Mm. she was holding vigil and long's attorney said he was a loving father up until today and his family has been here to support him they're devastated by this which i feel like of course you're devastated of course you're devastated i don't blame you for being devastated but also like he was a loving father yeah when when like in the middle of killing everyone yeah yikes like i mean I, I listen i don't know what it's like and i don't know how you would be able to reconcile your father finding out they did he did stuff like this so you know i guess i just don't know what that experience is like but sure he didn't enough. seem like a very loving person from my perspective <laughs> right 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 So the sister of another victim, her name was Tammy Caspi, uh, knew Long's ex-wife and said, she asked me to tell everybody that she's very sorry for everybody's losses. Um, Obviously, she has no part of that. She is a victim as well. After Lisa's harrowing escape, detectives contacted her grandmother for permission to get Lisa into trauma counseling. And of course, Morris picked up the phone and was like, no, you can't put her in counseling my god and so in the movie version of this the detective talks to her and says like your dad said he doesn't want to like approve this and she just like breaks down and she's like he's not my dad Mm. and uh he finds this like obviously very odd and like again he works in sex crime so i'm sure he has some sort of sense but so he presses her further and is like is like what's going on at home and this is when she kind of breaks down and is like i need to tell you what my home life is like yeah so thankfully morris is arrested um lisa did feel that her grandmother should have been held equally accountable as do i yeah me too um lisa ended up living in a runaway center and then moving in with relatives who treated her well and she said they were the only people who ever showed me love and after that there was no holding me back and it's like it's just such a tragic story as far i mean you know obviously it's very redeeming but also it's just sad that like all she needed was just safety and love and like so many kids don't get that the bare minimum you know um Mm. it's obviously much bigger than that but you know it's just scary so she eventually married and she had a daughter of her own 
Uh, she ended up getting a, a divorce, but she worked for Parks and Recreation. And uh, at one point, she called in an office break-in, and officers commented on how calm and in charge she was, how her demeanor was like just very uh, – she's a good leader in that way yeah. under crisis. Um, and so after this event, she ultimately became a police officer who <gasps> specialized in sex and child abuse cases. Wow. I know. Wow. This really, I see now what you meant by like, from beginning to end, this feels like uh, written. Yes, like, it feels scripted almost because it's just so bonkers. Yeah. So wow. I don't think the people who made the movie really had a choice because like they weren't even making up the story. It was just like, this like, is what, what a, happened. What a full, what a full circle. Yes. What a redemption, you know? Yeah. Um, and she also, this was very touching to me, uh, she became a school resource officer where she shares her story as a motivational speaker, um, aiming to teach children to notice danger and self-advocate, which is just the coolest thing. Um, and she said in a more recent interview, I've been in the Hillsborough. I've been in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office for 17 years and a school resource officer for seven years. I'm at a middle school now. They know I'm mama bear. Nobody messes with my kids and my kids know that. Oh, I know. So Nisa, Lisa Noland, formerly McVeigh, uh, now Lisa Noland, also says, I know not on my I know not on my watch will I let any child get hurt. And if they do, I'm going to be their voice and I'm going to be their advocate. Wow. I know. It's honestly, it's just one of those stories where you're like, people like this, I think we're put on the planet to just really change people's lives and like make a make a difference. She needs Um, a hug. She deserves like a, a thousand hugs a day. She deserves just all happiness and light and love. Um, according to Lisa's sister, Lisa is happy and vibrant. She sticks up for herself and she sticks up for other women. And recalling the fateful night of her escape, Lisa said in another interview, when he released me and drove off, I took off my blindfold and saw this amazing oak tree. I had wanted to die before and now I wanted to live. I got a second chance at life. Whoa. So Lisa has a daughter and a granddaughter, which is really powerful. Um, at the end of yet another interview, she smiles proud of her role as provider and protector for other women and children and she says life's good oh yeah and um you know watching the uh the movie version of this they actually have lisa at the end um they do like a little like lisa mcveigh became a you know officer and sex crimes and blah blah blah. and they have her standing there which is really really cool just to like see that she was she like basically approved this message of this movie being made (laughs) because i'm like i wanted to make sure this is something that like was telling her story well you know and so it was cool to see that she was like clearly involved um but they have the scene where she's under this oak tree and she takes the blindfold off and like they also show her you know that they put her in the car and they say like um and she says you know there's three red lights turn left here yeah, she's mm-hmm. able to kind of remember all those details of like there were 22 steps the carpet yeah. was this color um in the bathroom she said like there were shoes that had uh like a little kangaroo on them like she just noticed all these little details um that and that was how they were able to nail this fucking bastard who had like dozens of vic- more than that so many victims under his belt already um and she was able to bring him to justice so it's just a really powerful story i don't think i've 
not just in your stories i think in ever i don't think i've ever been so impressed with somebody no true and i think um i wanted to bring a redemption story this week after you know some of the horrible stuff we've talked about obviously still very horrible but you still know, horrible at least, but at least there's a win at the end silver lining yeah exactly exactly um and just you know at the end too they had little updates and it said um uh, at the end of the movie, it said she is still close with the officer who believed Aww. her. I know that. Uh, that's very. That's that part got me. That's that, good. That really was just very validating and like happy. And then, um, yeah, she she works in this uh, in you know helping victims like her. And I uh, guess what I bet I bet you she believes people. <laughs> I bet you she believes I their stories. I bet she believes people. That's <laughs> yeah. a that's a great way to end it i bet she believes people so that is the wow. story. well done christine and well, thank you and you know what you're it's so wild like just the things it touched on like the, the you know psa about just like suicidal ideation and like that kind of stuff and it went from that to an abduction to like trust being your gut a, to and being aware of everything around you if your you surroundings. can yeah exactly yeah. and it then just, believing people and then, and then believing a story and like abusers being gas Ooh. gaslighting p- the police it's a whole thing is just like it's crazy i mean it's like a freaking lifetime movie wow that's so. a good that's a it's a it's a uh it's a, certainly a grabby story yes <laughs> very yes. grabbing and uh yeah so that's why it's probably one of my faves a uh, a contender i didn't see coming wow good job christine well thank you so much um I'm glad we got through another disturbing tale. I know. Well, luckily the thunderstorm was able to keep us from having to <laughs> discuss horrible things last for, time, but for we're one back more on it. day. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. We're always brought back. Brought back Do you have any it. more storms coming up? So Actually, uh, yeah, like today. And so oh, I was actually oh. going to mention that at the beginning is that like why well, I, I got an alert from our security system being like there is a severe thunderstorm warning in your, your area. security system tells you the weather well no but i think it's because like we keep lo- like people keep losing power so they oh. were like just to be prepared in case your power goes out again and i was like no of all days so mm. yeah i guess um we should probably wrap this bad boy up and do a little patreon aftermath so that when the lights go out in case you're patreon exclusive (laughs) in case your zoom shuts down or something yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah because the wi-fi goes down when the internet goes down oh gosh so we gotta we gotta hustle okay well hustle and bustle we got a boogie and that's why we drink across america bp supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.